your Bible with me, I'd like you to go to to the book of Ephesians. I um, just had the opportunity to listen the last couple of days. um, Was here uh, last Sunday, just need to listen to Lindsay share uh, about the gospel. And then uh, came to um, Wednesday night and uh, uh, just listening to the songs that were were chosen, and so I um, um, decided to stop where I was going in, in some of the Old Testament stuff and just pause. And uh, I think we have a tendency, uh, at least for me, I get excited about, okay, I learned something new about the Old Testament, and but then when it comes to growing and applying it to my life and making it a priority of my life, that's it's it's just nice to know something, but it's a lot harder to to once you know something to make it a part of your life, make it a priority. And so I was just uh, reminded, and I just was asking myself, you know, a question, you know, purpose. Why are we here? And um, just uh, for me as a dad, just listening to. To Rachel last couple days and listen to Lindsay last week and you know I think it sometimes it's good for us as older people just to sit and listen to younger people and watch what God's doing in their lives and, and then maybe you know ask ourselves some questions you know what's my purpose and so these last you know week I've just had that opportunity and I just you know I just started to think so you know Lord life is full of different pleasures but we must pause to make sure we keep the main thing, the main thing. As I was reminded of that, I was reminded of shopping's a lot of fun, books are great. I've never had a, pan, a pedicure or manicure, I never will have one. They, I hear they're good, but I don't see myself doing those things. Sports are wonderful, fishing's awesome. Watching your children is incredible. I don't know what it's like to watch grandchildren. I, I hear it's really, really cool. Being together with a family is awesome. But I think at times we get distracted. And I was reminded of the word opportunity. Sometime back, it's been years ago, I got a phone call. It was a phone call that came into the church. And the individual said, we heard that you can help us. I said, really? I, I don't recognize your name. Um, how can we... You know, get involved. Well, I was told that you, that Bible Fellowship Church, you can help us. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I need to know more than you can help us. I would like to know, you know, how can we help you? And so it's interesting, this individual went on to tell me about a family member that had passed away. And they would ask if we would get involved and be involved with their, their service. And we didn't know the family member. They weren't attending Bible Fellowship Church. And somehow... They got Bible Fellowship Church phone number. And to this day, I don't know for sure how they got Bible Fellowship Church phone number. What I know is there was an individual that was there, from what I've been told, that was there, meeted with, that greeted with the family, cared for the family at the loss of a loved one. And they said, "Here, here's an opportunity for me as an individual, in the midst of a, a difficult situation." be able to say this this family, I know where you can find help. And so this individual went ahead and, and took the opportunity. The individual wasn't distracted. I have a pretty good idea who it is, but I don't know for sure, so I won't say. But in the middle of job, the stress, going to there, being involved with the death of a loved one, 
This individual said, hey, here's an opportunity for you. What the individual doesn't know is the story that I know today. See, not only did we help the mom, but then this young lady showed up here. She started to come to youth group, really quiet. You couldn't hardly get her to talk about anything, but she loved music. She graduated, and we gave her a tiara, and she went on her way to college, and she Facebooked Susan and I sometime later and said, hey, do you know of any good churches in, in the area that I'm going to college? So we began a little bit of research. And so she found a church. It was really interesting. That church asked her to go on a missions trip. The student went. About three weeks ago, the student Facebooked back, said, I'm going to go back on another missions trip. Could you help or would you help? And so one of our guys who knows better knows the family Facebooked back this young lady. So the young lady was, you know, Facebooking back and forth, instant Michigan, however you want to look at it. I don't understand how all that stuff works. It's confusing. But the young lady said this. Would you please pray that my mom would fall radically in love with Jesus the way I have? If I'm correct, about two weeks after we did this Facebook message, mom was here. And mom raised her hand to say yes to Jesus. An opportunity. An opportunity by one person in the midst of a very difficult situation that could have said, you know, well, these are what we normally say when we go to these these positions, or my my life is out of control, or I've had a bad week. One individual took the opportunity and said, hey, I think Bible Fellowship Church could help you. And so this morning I've been thinking about Where do I go to remind myself of my purpose? So I've been thinking about Ephesians, and if you have your Bible, I think about the Word of God as the best thing for me to find my purpose. And so I started to think about Ephesians in chapter 1. And I have a couple of things I'll share with you about out of this morning. The first thing I want you to see is the blessings from our Heavenly Father. Ephesians chapter 1, as you look through that, that chapter, there's a lot of really, really neat things, and I can't you know, highlight all of them this morning, but I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. But praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He has chosen us in Him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. This morning as I think about my purpose, I want to hear some words and be reminded of the blessing of my Heavenly Father. As I look at chapter 1 and verses 3 through 6, there's a couple of things I want to pull out of there. In verse 4, I want to remind you of this. That He has chosen you in Him before the creation of the world. God said, I want a relationship with you. 
and He chose you. Before there was an earth, before there were stars that He created, before any of those things, He said, I want a relationship with you. And it's fascinating, it just keeps ringing over and over in my ears that the individual that took the opportunity, that that family will never be the same. That that family has a heavenly father. And so when life starts to swirl around, that family can go back to the opportunity in the midst of tragedy and look back and say, God used tragedy so that they could have a heavenly father. And so this morning as I think through these words, and I, don't want, I think at times you read way too fast, think about this. He chose you. Before. He wasn't worried about winning the game, or he wasn't worried about who was going to be on his team because he wanted that team to win. And I know you've all been in situations like that, where you have to go through that dreadful process. Oh, who's going to pick the teams? I hate choosing teams. I don't ever do it. If somebody says pick a team, I don't do it. Because inevitably, no matter how you choose, somebody is always last. Somebody's always, oh, well, just. Just put them on my team. It, we'll, just, we'll win, but we'll just put them on my team. But see, that's not the way our Heavenly Father planned it. See, as you look at the truth in the Word of God, He wants to remind you this morning that He chose you before the creation of the world. And what's interesting is I, as I read through this passage, and I know at times you know, I can get a little excited and I talk more about you know, sin and those things, but I, I just think about holiness and blameless in His sight. But I also want to remind you that you've been adopted. And I have no concept of, of what adoption would look like. I know what's, what it's like to have a daughter and a son. I hear people tell stories of going to, to places and say, well, we choose this one. And then I hear children that have been adopted to say, you know what, we're more special than, than other children because my dad chose me out of all those others. He chose me. He walked into that room and said, I want this one. I've been chosen. And so this morning as you think about your purpose, you think about your Heavenly Father, just remind you this morning that you've been adopted as sons through Jesus Christ. So God is my Heavenly Father only through Jesus Christ. As I think about my Heavenly Father, I, I often think about um, some words. And often, one of the things that was really neat for, for, for us is we had to spend a little time with Rachel this week. And what was interesting was the place that we got to go was the place that I got to be with my dad the very last time. So we were in New Smyrna Beach and um, just walking around there. And, I, and I, I text my brothers and sisters and I said, hey, by the way, do you remember that place that we stayed with Dad that last time? Do you remember? And I, we, and I can't find it. I don't remember. I, don't, I mean, I know it's on New Smyrna Beach and I can drive up and down, but things changed in 17 years. And so I don't remember exactly where it was. But I often think about words what would my dad say? What would your dad say? Then I often think about 
because words are important to me because of, because of the loss of my father, I often think, what would my words from my heavenly father be? What would he say to me today? So I look, want you to go to Ephesians chapter 2. Very familiar words. But as I stop and think about my purpose, I think about these words. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created into Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You've heard already this morning about grace through faith, not of works, salvation. You cannot have a personal relationship with my Heavenly Father without dealing with those things, those words. Faith, grace. And it really has nothing to do with what you do. And it's really weird for us to even comprehend because we, work, we live in a work society. We, we live in our recognition into what we've done or where we've been or who, what we've accomplished or what's in our bank account. And that's not how it works with my Heavenly Father. It's all through Him. Grace through Jesus Christ, death on the cross, burial and resurrection. Three days later, He rose again. Come celebrate with us tonight as we celebrate communion. But as one of the words that always jumped out at me is, is the word workmanship. For you have been created by God, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. As I think about the word workmanship, I think about you. That God knit you together in your mother's womb. That God gave you the mind to do certain things. The ability to be able to, to do things that other people can't do. To be able to do things that you would like to do that other people can do that you can't do. But you're God's workmanship. You're God's masterpiece. And so as I think about these words, grace, faith, not by works, and I... I think about the word workmanship. God designed you for something. There's a new painting in the hallway. Alice painted that painting. My fine motor skills would never accomplish a painting. And you could even put the color by numbers part. I won't stay in the lines. It won't work. That's just not the way God made me. But that's the way God made you. And I'm okay with that. I celebrate that. You know what's interesting? God has not only made us just to say, oh yeah, let me just show you off as a trophy. He made us with a specific reason and a purpose. You are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for what? We say good works, which that is true. It is. But you know what's really interesting is? Is the word Reconciliation. God made you to be His instrument of reconciliation. As I was thinking through that passage, that thought, I was thinking about 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So go there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
as I was thinking about the ministry of reconciliation and created for good works, a, a verse jumped out of me. is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God would reconcile the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, as he committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As through God we are making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, God has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in in him we might become the righteousness of God. So as you've gathered together this morning, maybe just a reminder of purpose. Maybe just 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 stop before you go on this afternoon. Go ahead and eat lunch or go ahead and have a cup of coffee and donuts. But spend some time this, morning, this afternoon just stop and say, God, am I keeping the main thing the main thing? I recognize that some of you involved in law enforcement and some of you involved in the school system and some of you involved in accounting, some of you involved in the prison ministry, some of you, I mean, just all kinds of things. But why are you really involved in those things? Why do some of you understand electricity and some of you understand motors and some of you understand nursing? And why, why, why do we have those gifts? God, they were given to you by God. Because in your circles, there will be opportunities to talk with people. And as I think about those things, I think about the ministry of reconciliation, I think about being an ambassador. I often wonder what would God pray for me today? What would, my, what would be some of the prayers of my Heavenly Father for me? So as I think about those words, I want to take you to another passage of Scripture. It's John chapter 17. I just want to remind you that Jesus that Luke talked about, that before he left this earth, he did pray. He didn't pray a prayer just to be words. He didn't pray these big words. It wasn't a big scene. It was just a conversation between him and his heavenly Father. And I want you to pick it up in in verse 9 of John chapter 17. I pray... For them, for those who believe in him, that's who he's praying for. I'm not praying for the world, but for those who you have given me. For they are yours. All I have is yours, and and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer. But they, who's they? Those who believe in Jesus. They are still in the world. I come to you, Holy Father. I come to you, God Almighty. 
I come to you to ask that you will protect them by the power of your name. Protect us from what? Distraction? Protect us from being comfortable? From, protect us from just buying into the lies of the world? Yeah, this, this guy's successful. Nowhere do I find in Scripture that you are successful by what you accomplish. I find success in Scripture as a servanthood. If you laying down your life for somebody else. Maybe, men, you should try this. Lay down your life, go shopping with your wife, and smile the whole time. And if she wants to buy something, use your money. I watch men. Women have their little nest egg. I was with somebody the other day. She whipped out her checkbook. I'm like, use your Visa card. What are you writing the check for? It was her money. Visa card is his money. I said to her, put your checkbook away. I'll buy this. Because I long for you to know what it is to be cared for. Entering into somebody else's thing that you don't like. That's why he prayed. Protect them. Protect them from being selfish. Protect them from living for themselves. Protect them from being comfortable. I think about the Windsors. None of us want the JJ to go through cancer. But maybe, maybe there's a nurse in Nashville that needs Jesus. And God had planned from eternity past for JJ to be in that cancer wing. So that nurse would say, wow, there's something different about you. Protect them by the power of your name. Verse 12, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name that you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scriptures will be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these, while, but I say these things while I'm still on this earth, so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. And they are not of the world anymore than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. He's praying for you. He's asking you for for your protection. And I just want to remind you of this. I know this isn't real popular theological, but the world's going to hate you. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus, the world's going to hate Jesus. They're going to hate truth. So if you stand for something different than living for yourselves, enjoying the pleasures of this world, if you stand for biblical truth, you will be hated. And for the first time in American history, you better be ready to be hated. And you don't even have to open your mouth. Just call your, if, you don't have to, if you are a Christian, you're going to be hated because the truth lives inside of you and the world doesn't want truth. 
The world wants pleasure. So, three things. Blessings from our Heavenly Father. Words from our Father. Prayer from our Father. A prayer of our Father. And I ask you this question. How can you make the gospel a priority of your life? I'm not asking you to hold a sign up that says repent, you're going to hell. I'm asking you to look for opportunities. One family will never be the same because one individual took the opportunity that, hey, here's a phone number. Call them. I'm sure they could help you. I want you to pray with me. Father, as you look into our family today, you know the ones that where the gospel is a priority. You know the ones where we're taking the opportunities to talk about you, Jesus. And you know the ones that need a kick in the seat of the pants. So, Father, thank you for allowing us just to stop this morning and ask ourselves the question, what's the main thing of our life? And I want you to be honest. Don't be afraid of being honest. It's okay. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at you if if the gospel is not a priority. He's not up up there thinking, well, I can't wait to get even with so-and-so. That's not what he's thinking. He's standing there with his arms open wide saying, hey, take the opportunity because I love you. Just wonder about that one individual that was involved in law enforcement. I just wonder if they walked into that situation and said, you know, here's an opportunity for these people to have a true father. Here's an opportunity for these people to have comfort, peace. I don't know the motives. I know the outcome. So maybe you this morning need to stand stop. And that still small voice is saying to you, make gospel a priority of your life. Listen to that still small voice. But more so, more so than that, hold yourself accountable to what is in front of you, the Word of God. And your Father who made you is calling you to a ministry of reconciliation He'll be there with you. He will empower you. He will give you strength. Father, if there's one in here, as Luke has already prayed, that doesn't know you as the Father, can I tell you this morning that God is an amazing Father? But you have to ask for it. You have to believe. You have to receive the free gift. He sent His Son to die on a cross in front of you this morning to make the choice. So, Father, send us out. Send us out to make your name known. Send us out to be ambassadors of ministry of reconciliation to the lost and dying world. In your name I pray. Amen.